for the first time, we've got international. We're live on location from Secaucus, New Jersey at the SBC Summit North America. You're listening to the Gaming News Canada show with Steve McAllister, recorded live on LinkedIn Audio. Follow Steve on LinkedIn to join the live audience. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Thursday, May 11, 2023. Welcome to the Gaming News Canada show presented by Osler, Hoskin, and Harcourt LLP. I'm your host, Steve McAllister. This is an abbreviated version of the of the podcast. Is uh, I'm, I'm involved in a roundtable discussion at 2 o'clock, so... Uh, not only are we doing the show early today, but it's a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of voices on the program over the next 45 minutes. Uh, Mark Silver from Parley Media Group will join us at some point. We now welcome to the Gaming News Canada show, John Pappas, the Senior Vice President of Government and Public Affairs for GeoComply. Listening to the Ontario panel yesterday, it just seems really prescient of the, of the Doug Ford government and the, the Alcohol and Gaming Commission in Ontario to launch a market a year ago that, that integrated both sports betting and iGaming because, we, as we've seen now, there's a real push and, and uh, I think there's six states in the U.S. that have regulated iGaming. But that, that once again, is a real uh, focal point at this summit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the growth point for this industry, right? Um, the iGaming space is a natural evolution. Um, the sports betting craze... Uh, we've now crossed almost 40 states now have sports betting. Um, I, I often wonder if we could have rewound back to PASPA 2018 and said, maybe make a concerted effort to, to marry sports and iGaming together as a package in all of these states rather than the piecemeal approach. I think there was a belief that sports betting would have more uh, natural appeal uh, for lawmakers and for consumers, uh, and I think there's an argument to be made that it does, but I think in states where we see both, uh, a state like Michigan or Pennsylvania, uh, that cross-sell, that opportunity for operators in the space, uh, the revenue for them, the revenue for the state is, uh, is considerable. I mean, Michigan's a great example. Uh, one of uh, our friend's Grant Iden was, he's a former lawmaker, uh, now um, works for Bet Fanatics, uh, shared a stat yesterday that uh, iGaming tax revenue for the state is 2,000% more than sports betting tax revenue for the state. So there is a, a big upside for state legislators to uh, kind of wake up to this uh, next wave of uh, digital gaming. And, um, I think there's a lot of focus on it. I'm hoping that that focus translates to actual success in the next year or so. What, what has to happen, John? I know in New York, for example, I think it's Senator Joseph Adorno. He's been fairly uh, fairly vocal and, and pushing hard to have iGaming regulators. And I think the senator was on one of the panels yesterday, and he still thinks that's going to happen in, in 2024. Do you get the sense that there is a, there is a feeling and there, there is a spirit of cooperation in terms of, of incorporating iGaming into regulated markets? Um, you know, it's, it's difficult. I'm not going to – I think Senator Adabo is an amazing advocate. He's just one voice in, in New York, though, right? There's you got to get leadership on board. You got to get all the industry on board, uh, including the, the, the tribal communities there. So there's, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, sports betting was so different because we were talking about adding something that nobody had, right? They all have casino gaming already, right? So now it's the idea of adding it in a different platform. 
that's been a little harder to get unanimity amongst the industry. Everybody who didn't have sports betting, none of, nobody did. Yeah, we want it. We want a new gambling activity for our customers. Uh, gaming has been a little harder for to have that full unanimity. So you look at Iowa, for example. They were first to get sports betting. Everybody was in on it. Um, iGaming's become a little more difficult because some of the smaller casinos there don't see the value. They're concerned about cannibalization. Some of the larger brands see it um, and recognize the opportunity. So it's an education process, not only for regulators and lawmakers, but also the industry themselves, that this is something not to be scared of. It's something that you should embrace because the, 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 the train is coming and your consumers are going there already, right? People that want to gamble online right now are doing so, right? Uh, there's plenty of online poker sites still available. Every sports betting app that I hear that advertise on podcasts or whatnot that aren't regulated in the U.S., they're not only advertising the fact that you can bet on sports, but also talking about you can come and play their slots and the casino games. They know that consumers want both of those activities. And so the illegal market's going to exist. So we're hoping that a combination of education of the operators and the, and the, and the, and the stakeholders in every state on the opportunity um, and, and also recognizing that there is a, a vast illegal market that's already cannibalizing their business. It's interesting. Listening to the Ontario panel yesterday, Dave Phillips, the Chief Operating Officer of the Alcohol and Gaming Commission in Ontario, talked about there are a lot of learnings for the regulators of Ontario from other jurisdictions around the world. And I just I just asked you, do you think there are lessons to be learned from the Ontario model that can be brought brought across the board in the U.S. in terms of helping certain states get that iGaming across the finish line? Absolutely. I mean, I think the lessons are, are how does the iGaming product interact with the land-based uh, gaming products there, um, how can it be regulated in an effective way from a consumer protection standpoint. Uh, I know some of the some of the restrictions on advertising and whatnot that, that uh, Canada has imposed is probably saying things that they don't want to see in the U.S., but I think I think we are naive to believe that uh, iGaming is going to be treated like any other online commerce. I think there are going to be tight restrictions on it uh, here in the U.S., as it should be. We're, we're, um, uh, and, and I think, you know, uh, we don't have to look to Canada, though. Like, we have New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan. These are big states, right? Big states that are doing it successfully. And they have a diverse population of stakeholders, whether it's tribes, whether it's uh, uh, big casinos, small casinos, online lotteries, all of those can, can play together in the space, uh, and, and that's where we're trying to find that unanimity amongst those stakeholders. Yeah. It's interesting too, John. Like this is the third conference I've been to uh, this year so far. And when I was in London at Ice back in February, we, you know, it's just some of the conversation, whatever reason, kind of was, we're looking at personalization and, and making for better customer experiences. Um, iGaming was a hot button topic at the uh, at the iGaming Next conference in New York uh, back back in March, and uh, again a lot of conversation around iGaming the, the two days that we've been uh, we've been here, but also a lot of talk about M M and A, uh, and had a chance to sit on the one panel yesterday, and obviously your company GeoComply, uh, big news in Canada on Monday with GeoComply acquiring OneComply, uh, great story of two Vancouver companies. 
if you haven't had a chance to read Tuesday's newsletter, I had a chance to interview uh, Cameron Conlon, the co-founders of One Comply on, on amazing, Friday. Amazing guy, amazing product. We're so happy to have them part of the Geo Comply family. We think they offer a very complimentary service. Uh, gives us uh, an opportunity to help, you know, our whole goal and mission as a company is how do we solve problems for our customers in this space? And they solve a huge headache for um, for um, for operators on the licensing side. And uh, you know, our founder David Briggs loves to call it brain damage. Like the brain damage of going through licensing is a lot. And no founder, investor, smart startup companies really want to have to deal with that kind of um, brain damage when they can have a seamless tool like OneComply to help them guide them through the process and get it done with across multiple jurisdictions. Just one last question for you, John. Just are there one or two takeaways from your time here at the SBC Summit in North America on, based on the conversations that you've had or the, or the panels that you've sat in on? Has, has any kind of struck you from this week? Well, I, I want to first thank SBC because wonderful hospitality, great event, uh, great structure, good food. <laughs> Everything's been really good. Um, you know, I, I think what we're what we're talking to people about is just kind of what, what is that next phase of growth? Is it eye gaming? Is it um, fighting fraud within the, the sports betting industry? What are the new states that we think we might see? We've got two states already legalized this year. I think we could see uh, another two states very soon in the next couple of weeks uh, with, with uh, bills passing and being signed into law. So I think there's um, uh, a lot of uh, interest and enthusiasm about just where the trajectory of this industry is going and, and hopefully collaboration. John Pappas is the Senior Vice President of Government and Public Affairs for GeoComply. John, it's always great to, to see you, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see you again in Toronto next month at the Canadian Gaming Summit. Yeah, thank you so much. Great, thanks, John. We just had uh, Chris Abbott from Botanical Canada just hopped in here. I don't know if it, Chris finished his lunch early. He said he wasn't going to be able to join us, but uh, before we get the mic in the rain for Brock University, I do want to get Chris in here for a second because he's been kind enough to shuffle the schedule a little bit and, and join us on the program once again. Chris, just a couple of quick questions, just some, some thoughts on, I think this is your, is this your maiden voyage to an SBC Summit in North America? For this particular one, Steve, yeah, it's my first time here, um, and I've been very impressed, to be completely honest, uh, the setup, the layout, the number of um, suppliers that have booths, and uh, I think John just mentioned the food options have been fantastic, and anyone who's seen me in person knows that I'm not afraid of food, so... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic. Perfect venue for it, and uh, yeah, having a good time. One thing again, I was mentioning earlier, this is my third SBC summit now, and it's a caucus, Chris. And uh, they're always do you find that uh, Canada or Ontario is still a bit of the shiny new object, and people want to ask you about what's going on in Ontario, and you're quite quite curious about the Canadian gaming landscape. I will say that. Previous to regulation, uh, you know, I, I was at a G2E event, and Canada was not really thought about very much. It was still very um, Nevada-centric, um, and, and so it would be in Las Vegas, but here we are in New Jersey, and it's not New Jersey-centric. It's all the other markets that have opened up, and certainly Ontario is uh, chief among them. Not many other states, I believe, had their own panel discussion on the, on the agenda, so people are really interested to see what's what's been going on and, and a lot of people I don't know if you found the same but when they find out you're from Canada they're very curious uh, about everything that's happening so yeah it's uh, it's certainly been uh, certainly been a topic of discussion
Yeah, it's interesting. I, the reason why we're doing this show early is because I am sitting on a round table of, uh, at two o'clock to uh, to talk about Canada. I don't I don't know how many questions it'd be. It's a pretty high powered uh, panel, so I'm I'm definitely the low person on the on the totem pole. But I'm sure there'd be a question or two about Canada. And, and again, there was a really good turnout for the uh, for the state of the Ontario industry panel yesterday with with Paul Burns and Bruce Coghill and uh, uh, Adrian Darley from OLG, um, Marina Bogart from from Bet uh, sorry from Betson Group and, and Jeff Sapote from Covers and Dave Phelps from the AGCO. So uh, the one thing I do find these conferences is whenever there is a panel around Ontario and Canada is quite well attended and there, and there tend to be a lot of good questions about the marketplace. Yeah, the room is full. The room is full, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens coming up at 2 o'clock here when you take over. But, you know, you mentioned uh, off the top about coming here, and I've, I managed to shift my schedule. Well, I didn't, but it's really nice to be able to meet with suppliers um, and partners in person. And, you know, a 30-minute meeting was, you know, we had a lot ticked off in 14 minutes. So as much as, you know, the Zoom culture is, has really helped a lot of conversations, there's nothing like getting together in person and, and uh, really been happy to do that here and, and again in Toronto in a couple of weeks. The one thing I would say, Chris, and I'll maybe get Amanda to talk about this for a second as well, but I'll start with you, is if you uh, if you haven't had a chance to learn about the, the sports betting and gaming industry in, in uh, Ontario and Canada, there's such a great opportunity at the Canadian Gaming Summit next month. And I think, you know, we've kind of seen mainstream media people wade, wade in and out of the industry and... And again, I would strongly suggest to my, my former colleagues in mainstream media that it would be a great idea to come and spend a day and listen to some of the panels and meet some of the people involved in the industry because I think I still think we're on a very, uh, there's, there's a real steep learning curve with reg- with the regulated industry in Ontario right now. There is, and you know, is something that I find uh, interesting and, and uh, maybe affirming. And Amanda will probably recognize this as well, that you're in the United States, and, and as we know, Americans are very much American. Uh, every panel you go to here has leaders from European markets. Um, a lot of the companies that are here um, advertising their services are have headquarters in Europe. And I think that's one thing Canada and Ontario has been able to do is learn very well from the already regulated European markets. And to see it you know, manifesting itself here in, uh, in the middle of the U.S. has been very interesting to me. Um, because, you know, we can still take a lot of our best practices from there, a lot of our learnings from there, and um, they're doing the, the exact same here in New Jersey. Uh, Chris, the country manager for Botanical Canada. Chris, it's finally great. We finally got to meet in person. Uh, way overdue. Uh, appreciate you stopping by, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you. Going back to nor- the normal cadence next week. Absolutely. We'll talk to you then. Great. Thanks, Chris. A word from our sponsor. The Gaming News Canada Show is presented by Osler, Hoskin, and Harcourt LLP. Osler's gaming practice group has the insight needed to help clients navigate the complex and evolving legal landscape of the gaming industry. Osler's position as a trusted advisor in gaming has been built over years of service to stakeholders in the industry, including gaming operators and provincial gaming authorities. Visit osler.com forward slash gaming for more information. That's O-S-L-E-R dot com slash gaming. Now back to the show. We want to get in here now, Fort Management Professor, and I, I know I'm underselling you here, Mike, but uh, Dr. Michael Narain from, from Brock University. And Michael, you and I spoke uh, for the newsletter last week about what was going on with the AGO, uh, with the proposed standards around sports betting advertising. And uh, 
uh, really wanted to get you in here for, for a few minutes on a, on a pretty jam-packed day, but I, I certainly wanted to get your opinion. What role can what a third-party research organization and play beyond that, and, 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 who, and who are those researchers? Yeah, and that's a great question. And, and you know, there, there are a lot of, uh, you know, gurus and ninjas and Jedis in the space, right, self-proclaimed, um, saying that they do good work. And, and there are some nonprofits, there are some advocacy groups. But at the end of the day, this is one of the things that, and, and you know, I will identify my bias. You know, obviously, I work in the post-secondary sector right now. But prior to that, I, I worked for BlackBerry. I worked for Rogers. You know, there are other people out there, Dr. Sherry Bradish as well, you know, who have worked for Nike and Florida State and et cetera, et cetera. We can go on and on and on. But one of the things we do very poorly in Canada is activate our post-secondary institutions. And, you know, we're talking about a new market here, a new economy here in Ontario. And what we haven't really done, and we're going to be talking about this, uh, Sherry and I, both at the Canadian Gaming Summit next month. But, you know, the fact that we haven't really, whether Crown or third party operator, really tried to, uh, you know, make those in-grounds uh, and inroads with the post-secondary education, with the labor force of the next generation. And, you know, what does that education look like? Um, how do we set books? How do we set lines? How do we create, you know, sport integrity in the marketplace? And, uh, you, you know, so I think just really quickly, Steve, to that point. You know, Alberta is the model here where the, the province of Alberta, almost going back to the Ralph Fine days, they took researchers from Calgary, Lethbridge, and the University of Alberta and put them in a room and said, look, we need information about gambling habits and behaviors uh, and outcomes. And, you know, the Alberta Gambling Research Institute has been going on now for 15 plus years. Um, and they have a symposium every year in Banff where researchers from those three institutions come together and at an arm's length talk about, you know, what they're seeing in the space. Again, not any with any particular bias to an operator. So that's something that we're missing here in Ontario. You know, grabbing researchers from Brock, from York, from TMU, uh, uh, from Windsor, you know, so, some of these, you know, we'll call them land-based casino uh, focused universities like myself at Brock and my colleagues at Windsor. Um, you know, these are the types of initiatives that both the crown, but also even the third party operator should start to get involved with and not just defaulting to, OK, well, I found my, you know, sport betting guru on LinkedIn now and uh, I'm just going to, you know, get them to do a really quick two question survey and boom, I've done my research and education as, as the IGO license says. It's about doing the meaningful hard lifting here and that's what needs to happen. Hey Mike, I'm going to cut you off there because I got two two important guests for me here. So listen, okay. we're going to we're going to revisit we're going to revisit this conversation. We'll certainly talk uh, leading up to the Canadian Gaming Summit, and we'll and we'll talk to you at the summit because it is an important topic. But really appreciate you hopping on today. That's Michael Narain, the sports management prof professor from Brock University. It's now my pleasure to uh, to introduce Mashida Hadi from the Chief Technology Officer at TallySight. And Machine, we wanted to get you in here because you and Matt Peterson weren't available last week. You guys are so busy right now doing partnership deals that you couldn't find 10 minutes to join us on LinkedIn Audio. But we're not going to hold that against you. Uh, but I want to get you in here for a few minutes before we bring Benji Cherniak in the room and wrap things up. But uh, two important partnership deals for your company last week, uh, one with uh, Sport Radar and, of course, uh, one with Parlay Media Group. But maybe just walk us through what, what those partnerships mean to your company. Yeah, sure. And thanks for having us on, Steve. Uh, yeah, so with TallySite, 
We're really excited about our partnership with Sport Radar as we work with, you know, industry-leading media companies across the sector. And really this partnership is to take that first-party data and aggregation and provide really valuable insights to the betting community. So experts, picks, rankings, consensus data on the games to keep both fans and media engaged on the, the who's who in the industry and what the experts are saying across the gambit. And Sport Raiders a great partner for us for that distribution to get in front of other media partners and industry executives as well. The other thing I want to ask you too, Mashita, just like you guys are like Parlay Media Group, you're you're a startup, and these conferences that I was saying earlier, this is my third SBC summit now, and it feels like when I came two years ago and, and met Benji for the first time, you know, I I didn't know a single soul. I'd walk walk around this place and hadn't met any anybody. Uh, much different now, where you literally can't walk ten feet and bump into somebody. Is that is that the same feeling for you and, and Matt? The tally site's a, a known commodity now, and and you guys, you see a lot of familiar faces, and it's a lot easier for the company to do business. Yeah, great question. I mean, every conference, every year, um, these these meetings and arrangements become more and more valuable to us. As our partnerships grow, people are more familiar with our brand, and we're excited to partner with folks like Homestand Sports, the Parlay Media Group, to get that awareness and expansion, especially on the global market. That's why we're very excited to work with the Parlay Media Group to expand into Canada and really you know, put our tools and technology in the hands of um, not only you guys, but in the entire market to make it easier to participate in the sports betting market. Mashita Hadi is the Chief Technology Officer for Taliset. Mashita, really appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we're going to get you and Matt back on the show at some point, and, and uh, we're looking forward, obviously, to seeing you guys, too, at the Canadian Gaming Summit next month in Toronto. Likewise. Thanks for having us. Last, but definitely not least, and... Uh, Really appreciative of ben Benji Cherniak for, for shifting his schedule around and, and uh, you know, really finishing the show with a bang. And Benji, I don't know, what is this? You're like 78th SBC Summit North America now. I mean, you're probably, uh, you probably have, have more of these experiences than anybody else in the room. No, this is my uh, 77th, not my 78th, if you, if you must know. Well, there's, there's a bad journalist on me, but the listeners are, are, are used to that. Hey, Benji, I was saying to John Pappas earlier that uh, this is my third conference this year, and at ICE, at ICE in London, I, I've seen that there were a lot of conversations around technology and personalization and user experience. At the iGaming Next conference that you and I and Mark Silver were all at back in March, there were a lot of conversation around iGaming in the U.S., and this the last couple of days, again, we're hearing a lot of those conversations, hearing a lot of M&A. What, what stuck, out, stuck out most to you about what's going on in the industry in the U.S. right now? I don't know if one thing has stuck out to me. You just named five things, and they all stick out to me, right? Um, I, I think that thematically, as we approach the five-year anniversary, and uh, I guess it's coming up in like a week or so, the five-year anniversary of the Pasco repeal, you know, we're kind of going from phase one to phase two, whatever that means. And I think to me what it means is like phase one was kind of a race to, to get to market, a race to get live, initially in New Jersey, and then in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and then whatever that third state was, and then Colorado, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, now we're, we're who knows how, you know, how many states later, um, and there's still a few states to come and a few big ones to come, uh, the Florida, Texas, and California are certainly not slouches and, and, and eventually should emerge, but the race to get live in given states is no longer an urgent matter. And now that we're five years into this thing, 
you know, the priorities of the operators are beginning to evolve and shift a little bit. They're beginning to think in terms of product and how do we improve the product and, 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 and you know, how do we personalize our experiences and how do we, how do we create a deliverable that, that our clientele will, will find more engaging and how do we make our features more social and, and how do we make our lines sharper and how do we, how do we bring in a micro-market solution. And, and how do we augment our player props offering and, and really everything, right? Some of the things that you were alluding to as well. So we've kind of shifted from a race to get live in various states to, to you know, maturing our product offerings and looking at ways in which we can differentiate and looking at ways in which we can maximize our user experience. Ben, Jay wrote in the newsletter today about kind of the tailwinds of the M&A end of the business right now. And obviously, I talked to John Pappas about the GeoComply acquisition of OneComply earlier this week and spoke with Scott Burton this week about what Benji and I did with the Chameleon um, transaction with Better earlier this week and then selling his McBookie business last week and had a chance to listen to, to the panel you and Chris Grover on yesterday and another panel on M&A. Um, is all this conversation is a part and parcel of just having the industry here at a time of year where, where maybe this is when the most business happens? Or is there something different right now about the conversations that, that you're hearing when it comes around to M&A and investing in companies? Must be something in the water here in New Jersey. I don't know. Um, no, really, you know, the, the dynamic is such that, you know, we had a ton of M&A and a flurry of M&A a few years back when the markets were in a different position and, then, of course, the world fell apart a little bit and the, the public markets fell apart and that made its way into our sector, into the private companies as well. And last year, things came to a standstill and, and things are certainly picking back up again. You know, part of it is due to economic recovery in some capacity. Part of it is due to, look, the deals that we saw this past week when you talk about the, the Fans Unite deals and you talk about the Geo Comply these weren't blockbuster deals that will move the needle for the industry in any way, but it is a sign of things to come. You know, you look at the GeoComply acquisition of, uh, of, of OneComply, and the deal makes sense on a number of levels. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any insight other than intuition, which tells me that GeoComply isn't done. You know, a reg tech roll-up type of situation, they seem well positioned to achieve as such if they want to go that route. Or maybe it was just opportunistic with this one organization and, and the fans deals on the surface you know these deals make sense you know the 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 platform deal that they did with with better better was their you know primary client using that platform better wants to control their own roadmap at a reasonable price point uh combination of cash and stock from what i read they get the asset they get the technology they get the the ability to in-house those those the human resource assets to drive their own path forward and create that unique user experience that they want to create. While from a from a fans unite perspective, they get to clean up that balance sheet and focus on their core assets, which are revenue generating for them. So, you know, I think that deals that make sense are going to start to happen now more so than they did in two thousand and twenty two. Um, I think M and A that's practical. Is, is what we're going to see. And I think that the deals that we saw this week uh, in the last couple of weeks represent that. But I don't think that we're in a stage where we're going to see blockbusters. Although, then again, you know, you got points bet, which has announced their intentions. And that's certainly 
would and will be a blockbuster if and when it comes to fruition. I can't let you go without asking you about about Ontario because uh, again, we don't get a chance to get you on the program very often because you're you're the busiest man in the gambling industry. But I do want to ask you just just what we're 13 months in the Ontario market now. Uh, what do you like? What don't you like? What what would you uh, what do you think is going to happen down the road as we go into year two? Look, I, uh, there's a lot to like. I like I like I think we all like a lot more than we don't like. Ontario is a robust market, you know, and I like that. You know, it, it got off to that little bit of a slow and skittish start, and folks were kind of wondering, you know, uh, coming out of the gates when it got that little bit of that slow start. The reality is, is that most of the lights hadn't been turned on yet, but now you've got the, the major players who are in the market are now in the markets, and 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 and. and there's some companies that are really excelling. Um, I think there's going to be some evening out at the bottom of the pack. I think there's still probably too many operators in the market. And we'll see some fall by the wayside and some potential consolidation there as well. I think they've got to work certain things out, which they're beginning to as it pertains to the advertising piece. And I think that the general public in year one, in many instances, felt over-bombarded and oversaturated. And, you know, we're seeing some pushback on that at a number of levels now, and I think that ultimately the water will find its level in that regard. But Ontario is a healthy market; it's an engaged market. You know, they 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 love sports, they love their sports teams, they want to be engaged. And I think that an interesting trend to watch in Ontario and by extension Canada is beyond sports betting. What will the user engagement be? It real money or 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 free-to-play or, or other dynamics that interact with the experience that you're watching a game? How will that all evolve in the, in the years ahead? Benji Cherniak is the principal of Avenue Wage Capital. Benji, great to, great to see you. We don't get to see enough of you. And uh, again, grateful for you to stop by today. And I'm, I'm, I assume we'll see you in Toronto with the Canadian Gaming Summit next month. Yeah, for the, the Toronto event, I'm super pumped for it. I know that you guys... Are, are now partnered with, uh, with with SBC and the Canadian Gaming is now doing a partnership on that one. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be, without question, the greatest, you know, gaming event that we've seen uh, uh, in Canada. Uh, really looking forward to it. And, uh, hopefully we can do it again live uh, from the Toronto uh, broadcast directly from there. That's a deal. That's a deal for sure, Benji. Thanks again. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Mark Silver, the CEO of Parlay Media Group, joined us. I uh, want to get Mark uh, final thoughts from Mark before we uh, we call the show, and I, I head off to this roundtable. Uh, Mark, you had a chance. You were a moderator emeritus yesterday in conference room five for most of the day. Just a couple of quickly, a couple of takeaways from you from what uh, what you've heard and the conversations you've had over the past two days. Well, it's been a great couple of days here. A quick couple of days for Steve and I. And, and I think that you know, what, what I've seen here, which is just really amazing to watch, is so many new faces from Canada who are making the journey here to New Jersey to be part of what, what is really a, a global conference, even though it is called North America. And you know, for Steve and I, who have now been coming to these shows for the last couple of years, you know, it, it is hard to walk around a corner and not have a friendly and familiar face to say hello to. So we're, we're really thrilled to be able to come down here where you know, people are following our journey. They're tracking you know, both what Steve is doing on the Gaming News Canada front, as well as what we're doing on, on the homestand sports front. And you know, it, it's all very humbling for us because 
you know, we, we started all this kind of in earnest uh, a couple of years ago, saw an opportunity and, and, you know, now it's, you know, it's May of 2023. And like Benji just said, the world properly is finally going to be coming to Canada in June, 2023 with kind of the, the relaunch version of the Canadian gaming summit. And, you know, kudos to, uh, to our partners, our friends, you know, our employees for, for really embracing the opportunity that a legalized sports betting framework has created uh, for people like us. And uh, we, we're just thrilled to be, to be a part of it and continue to be what I think is, is a positive beacon for the industry. Thanks, Mark. Very well put. Uh, that's going to be it for today. Uh, as always, we will uh, we will take this LinkedIn audio session and we will uh, create the Gaming News Canada Show podcast presented by Osler, Hoskin, and Harcourt LLP over the next 48 to 72 hours. No promises. Depends how our flight go home goes later today. I uh, want to thank Mark, John Pappas from Deal Comply, Mashita Hadi from TallySite, Benji Cherniak from Avenue H Capital, Mike Lorraine from Brock University, and Chris Abbott from Botano Camp. That's a, a lot of voices we had on the program. You can find the podcast on Substack, Apple, and Spotify. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, everybody, and we look forward to seeing you back on Linked Audio at our regular time next week at 2 o'clock. Thank you for listening to the Gaming News Canada show. Sign up for our newsletter at gamingnewscanada.ca. Follow Steve McAllister on LinkedIn to join the live audience. Message Steve if you're interested in being a sponsor or featured guest.